Good morning, ladies. Hope you all had a good evening. It is time to get started because we have a lot of ground to cover today. Miss Tanji has got something up her sleeve. I'm not sure what, but I know it will be good and be fun. So let's have a word of prayer and we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we again thank you and praise you for the opportunity to be working in your vineyard and women's ministries. I pray this morning for Tanja as she presents, and Laura, that Lord, you will touch their hearts, Lord, so that ours will be touched. And we pray that this information will be beneficial and applicable to the ministries that we serve. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning again, everyone. Do you have volume? Okay, I'm not sure. Can you? It's, it's good now? Okay. Glad to see so many familiar faces. Although we're just learning each other, I think by tomorrow we'll be warmed all the way and we won't want to leave one another come Thursday. But this morning we have a lot of information to cover and we will be speaking about communication. So I'm going to do some talking and you're going to do some talking. We're going to do some reading together. Going to do a few little things on the board and we're just going to leave out of here with some good communication skills. Now when you came in, you were asked to choose, would you like a heart or a turtle? Did everyone get a heart or a turtle? If you have a heart, oh, that might mean that you, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. Cindy, is everything, are all the turtles and hearts gone? They're all gone. So ladies, that means, yeah, you were just a little late. So the early bird got the hearts and the worms. How many hearts? Excuse me. <coughs> Wait a minute. I got choked. Okay. How many turtles? How many turtles? <coughs> don't hide them, ladies. Don't hide them. Don't hide them. You're just borrowing them this morning. Okay, how many of you picked yours by choice or by default? Default meaning it was nothing else left and you had to get it. So, okay, who, who didn't have a choice? No, you were not here. Who didn't have a choice? So you just got what? Okay. Okay, great, great, great. Well, we're gonna find out about these things. So, we speak about communications. Um, the scriptures are full of wisdom for us. And the scripture that you see on our handout, I would ask you to go along with me. Don't go ahead of me with the handout. Stick right with me, okay? Please. What's our first scripture? And it says we should do what? To hear or what else? I mean, we can uh -uh, hear or listen, however you want to say that. And slow to what? And what? How many of us are practicing those things? I see one. Oh, I see one that's trying to raise her hand. One third. Well, the scriptures have told us to do that. And then it tells us again in James. And where is it? And what does that say? Oh, okay, wait a minute. We're communicating, and I can't hear you. You can hear me, right? I can't hear you, so 
We're going to be reading a lot together because when you read, that means that you're engaged and I have your attention. So what's our next text? James 1.19, and it says, Same thing, right? Just a different version. So whichever one you want that listen or that hear, it's all the very same thing. It's telling us to be very careful of the words that come out of our mouths. Now, we have what is communication? We're going to read that together. Let's go. Clear communication takes place when the message is conveyed. Okay, I'm going to find out if this communication is good or poor. I'm trying to convey an idea, right? What does my sentence say? Okay. And I'm sorry I don't know everyone's name. Viney, what are you bringing with you when you come? What bat? The, the baseball bat? What are you going to bring when you come? Oh, I'm j I just told you just to bring the bat with you when you come. Pet bat? Okay. No, I want you to bring the bat with me when you come. Okay, I heard her pet bat, I heard her baseball bat, and I heard, say that again. The old bat, yeah, I actually wrote whatever. The old lady. Oh, this is what I call, this is what I call, this sentence right here, this sentence right here is what I call for communication a bad idea. What we say can be misunderstood. Three ways. Bring the baseball bat for playing. Bring your bat. That's your or as some people call grandma or your wife, bring the old bat with you when you come. So this is communication. It's about what I said to you, did you get what I really meant? So we have the, the major um, components of communication. We have what? The sender? That was me, right? I said what? Okay, and my message, the thought intended, what did I want you to bring? There you go, that's it. You don't know which bat I was talking about. And the channel here, 
right, this was this way, but you can have the phone, uh, mail, all kinds of ways that information is transferable. And, but I tra trans mm, transferred it to you face to face. Then we have the what? The receiver. How did you receive? She said initially for playing, she said her animal, and I actually wrote it up there so you got it. I meant the old lady. And then the feedback, how do you take it? If, okay, let's say I sent that to another man. Bring the old bat when you come. You know how some men might say, oh, that's my old lady. You know, the old lady, you know, or this or that. Like, whenever I read, like, well, just what in the world did they mean by that? There's no please? Oh, no manners either. That too, but really the word, the bad idea is the word bat because it has several meanings, and that's where we fail in communication many times. Who is getting it, the one that's um, receiving it, may not get the intent of the message. And so then we have factors that interfere with that, and everything that's pretty much on the screen today, you're going to see it on, um, I mean, everything that's on the screen is in your handout, most likely. The components are that are essential to communication Sometimes if they're missed, it will give you a flaw in what was communicated to you. And some things that affect communication are the ones that we have listed here. Environment, interference, frequent interruptions. How many of us communicate or we're trying to communicate a thought to someone and the more we try to tell them what's going on, the more they're trying to tell us what's going on with our own situation. Just those frequent interruptions. And what about the lack of clarity and poor articulation? That's what this was. It was lack of clarity here. And with that lack of clarity, someone could have been offended. And with the lack of clarity, someone may not have been offended. They just bought the wrong thing. So in our communication, we want to make it as plain and as simple and understandable as it can be. And then other things that affect our communication is what? What's five? Is it not on my screen? Okay, yeah. If you, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, I did. Okay. Oh, okay. But you got the but you got the message to it, right? Okay. So when we communicate, we communicate verbally and non-verbally. Is that right? And if I look at you like, mm, mm, I don't know. What does that say? Something to tell you? Okay. If I'm like. We are communicating. We are coming through. And guess what? Sometimes that can be uh, misinterpreted. I could have, you know, how many times have you walked in the room and you thought someone was speaking to you and you're waving and they're talking about the person behind you and you feel like kind of, kind of embarrassed. I'm like, oh, they were speaking to me. And you can walk away with the frown on your face like, mm, that stinks. 
That's what my face may say to you, but it could have not been about you. So our communications, I'm telling you, we have to be on our P's and Q's. And if there has been a miscommunication, we must what? Always, always try to correct it as soon as possible. Now, remember I said today is going to be interactive, so we're going to read a lot of the slides together so that when you read it, you're with me and you're understanding it. Let's read what nonverbal communication is. My Now that word, did some people stumble over it? Sagacity? Did somebody say what is it? I said the same thing too. Mm -hmm. It means uh, some type of discernment, understanding, discernment, understanding. So we replace that there. If you have any discernment about yourself, when you look at a person, how many of us as women, we all have done it? We've left home and we had a bad morning. The kids, we couldn't get them ready. And even maybe we weren't able to get the breakfast just right. We burnt the toast. The husband wasn't happy. And we get in the car and we shed tears all the way to work. And then when we get there, the co-worker say, oh, how are you doing today? Hey, oh, I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. But whenever we ask people that, do we really want to know how they're doing? And I, well, as women's ministry leaders, that's what we're going to have to stop doing. We're going to have to stop doing that. Where we erase it. We have to really, truly listen and look at the heart. I can look at some women in this room and tell that something is going on with you. Our mouths say a whole lot of things that's not necessarily true, but we're kind of trying to conceal hurt and pain. And we communicate, remember, non-verbally. And women many times will not be those ones that's, that do the outburst like men may do. We hold a lot of things in. We hold a lot of things in. And I can remember in marriage counseling, um, my pastor, when he was counseling my husband and I, I was like, well, why? How does he know me? But I think a lot of women are like this. He says, Nathan, if you look into Tanjia's eyes, you will know just what she's saying at all times. I'm like, dang, how did he know that? But I tend to hide a lot. I try to. But the eyes are what? The window to the soul. So I say that again. Yes, yes. But as women, and as women's ministry leaders, we're looking at communication skills. Our women may not tell us everything. When we go back to our surveys, whenever we want them to be free to share with us, when we might have to allow them to be anonymous with what they say, we're reading, communicating with our women, it's the whole pie. It's the whole pie. And when we look at this next slide, we're gonna see whenever, when we communicate, just what is feeding us what we receive. 
are the words. That's next to nothing. Next to nothing. And you say, oh, I love you. And you just keep going. But, oh, I love you, and you hug me, and you hold me, and you squeeze me. I feel what you said. And it says that's how much? 55%. That 55%, that body language, it, it goes over your words, and it even goes over your voice. It goes over your voice. If you say, you know what? This girl talk. Um, shut your mouth. But we meant it well, right? We meant it well, so the voice could be, oh, my gosh, you know, when we get something, OMG, you know, or have mercy. But it's really the body language. How did it come out with that tone of voice? How did it come out? So our body language is conveying a lot. When I look at you, ladies, I can tell the ones that's really into what I'm saying. I really can. And whenever we trade places and you're here and I'm there, you're able to do the same exact thing. Whenever we invite our women to come in to speak to our congregations, the ones that's the receivers, which would be the ones that belong to the congregation, that guest speaker has come to minister to you. And she can only give you what you want. I hope you can understand what I'm saying. If you're not interested, I can tell you're not interested. My spirit may not flow just that way. You feed what's hungry. Am I right or wrong? When I see you eager, I'm going to feed it to you. I'm going to give it to you. But when, whenever you're not with me and you're not in it, it's kind of hard. So our body language speaks volumes. It's not the words, and it's not necessarily the tone that we have. So let's remember that. Let's move on. Where are we at now? Oh, keys to effective. Uh-huh. Are you there? On page two, ladies, we just went over that, did we not? Our attention, do you appreciate me being here? Are you affirming me? You just did. You said yes, and I saw smiles. All of this is effective communication. We are on the same page here. I still have a few women here with me this morning that's not with me yet. I just a few, just a few, but we want everyone to be with you everyone because we're really here together so here we go back to our text that we said let every man be swift to hear and a wise man will hear and increase in learning how do we do it we won't go over each one that's listed here but when we talked about body language the first one have good if you're talking to me, and, uh, and I'm sorry, Beverly, I, Beverly was one of the first ladies that I met, if I remember her name. You know, Beverly's talking to me. Talk, just, just say anything. Just talk with me. She's talking to me. You know, distracted. And whenever we break off and... Um, Elder Smith is available for communicating, and I'm available for communicating, and women come over and we might cross over one another. Everybody's thought it's important. And I'll say, could you wait one minute? 
but one minute because you're important to me too. But so is what you were already saying to me important. I have to give you my undivided attention. So I eye contact. Yes, ma'am. Yes. The look I. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, I do know that. We will communicate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as we advance this morning, we're going to talk about that as we advance. And but thank you for bringing it up, because as we spoke before, you are the shepherd of the women that God has given you. It is your job to know your women. Because remember, at first, we're nurturing on the inside. It is your job to know where she's from. It is your job to learn these things. Taking on the office of women's uh, ministry director is not something that you should take lightly. It is not. It's, it's just like a shepherd's heart. And just like a mother has to know all of her children, not saying that they're your little children, but they've been given to you. So you need to find out about the women that you are standing before, the women that you're serving. And that's what those surveys will do. I saw a hand. We don't want to do a lot of questions because we have a lot of cover uh, ground to cover. But if something really, if you have to get it out, I want you to get it out. Go right ahead. It is, and that is, and that is what we have to do. Mm -hmm. That is what we have to do, and we, we, again, the first part is nurturing. That's part of nurturing, and whenever that woman is nurtured into growth, then she's empowered to come alongside of you. So when there's two there, then both of the women are getting the attention at the exact same time. Nobody has to wait. It's the chain, and then we link. And then we link, and then we go out. That's that outreach portion. So there's a lot of information, and we keep saying that our time is condensed, so we won't go over each one. But there are several that I might point out. And if there's one that you want clarity on, please let us know. I do want to go down to number six. And uh, sister with the green, the green glass, could you tell me your name? Carol? Carol? Okay, look at number six. Whenever she says, you know, communicating, uh, some people may not, their culture don't like that, dead in the eye. And then she went on to say that we can say later. It says, uh, when what the person is saying is not clear to you, uh, clarify by asking questions such as, are you saying that? Or do you mean? Try not to interpret what you think the person is saying. And I have to stop someone to say, um, Last week, I'm a chaplain at the hospital, and I, I had uh, an elderly couple there. The, the, the wife was the one that was sick, and, and the husband was there by her bedside. And we were just we were chatting, and I asked about the children. And she says, well, I have five children, and they're just no good. And I didn't, like he just did that. I thought that somebody, did, did I hear what he just said? So I let him talk some more, 
And um, I said, um, sir, I have to stop you. I said, because you said something and I wasn't really clear. I said, what did you say about your children and how many do you have? He said it again. He said, I have five children and not one of them are any good. And so then I said, what do you mean by not any good? And it was what we thought we heard. But whenever there's something that knocks you off your feet, even when you're sitting down, yeah, stop and make sure you understand what the person is saying. So that is so true with getting clarity and what it is the person is actually trying to say to you. Number 13, someone read that. Real simple. Anybody know what that means? Let me, let me ask you another question. Um, do you like red? Uh-huh. What question should I say? What is your favorite? There you go. So if you didn't know what that open end, we want to avoid yes and no. We want to hear clear. We want to understand exactly what it is. You might don't like red, and then I give you green, but purple might be your favorite color. But had I asked you from the beginning, what's your favorite color? Instead of going down all the, you know, yeah, all the eight basic colors. So that's another one. If there's one that anyone else wants to discuss, we can before we move on. Is it one on the sheet? Okay, which, which number? Well, let me say this, for, for what we're talking about and the communication skills, prop, good eye contact is what we would say. You may have to figure that out on a personal basis, but anything that's serious and that's going on, you want to have good eye contact. That's just it. Going to the doctor's office, you want your doctor to look at you and talk to you. That's good communication. If you're giving me directions, you want me to look at you and listen. For us, for communication skills, good eye contact is what we want to promote. Um, let your speech always be uh, grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Are you salt in life? Are you salt in life? 
How, whenever we're with our women and there's something negative said about another woman, how can you dash some salt on it? Yes, say it loud. Yes, give a positive about her. And we can, we can quickly say, we don't have to beat around the bush by saying, you know what? It's not our job to point out sin in one another. It's our job to pray for one another. We have to cut these things at the absolute root. We have to because, again, we are setting the tone for the women in our church. We're setting the tone for the women that we will reach out to in our, in our communities. One person can make a huge difference. We're talking about good communication. Our next slide. Um, we did the open end. So ways to improve our listening. Before we go there, let me backtrack. I want to go to I'm sorry, I just lost my page on my um, slide. There it is. Okay. The guidelines, because my, my slide looks different than your handout. As we found out yesterday and found out this morning, guidelines for effective communication. Let's take a look at number three. Page three, number three. Don't resurrect what? Dead issues. Whenever we do that, there's uh, something that we're doing. Do you know what it is? It starts with a D. Deflecting. What's deflecting? Switching or taking the heat off of us. And many times we do this with our husbands. Our husbands do it with our wives. When something new started up, they want to bring up everything from the past. That is not effective communication. That is not what we're talking about right now. It's not. Don't beat a dead horse. And it's not don't beat a dead horse. You know what, Beverly? That time, it's not that. It is not. It's, no, we're dealing with what's here and now. Focus. We're dealing with the issue now. That horse is dead. Like she said, it's gone. We're dealing with the issue that's currently at hand. Number, oh, you don't have the numbers like I had. You have bullets on the screen. But where it goes down to, it says use I messages instead of you messages. Yes, it's number 12 for you. And here, I'm not sure where it is. I know. I'm there it is. On the, see, on the screen, it's not... Um, Number, so I didn't know where it was on the screen. Uh, use I messages instead of you messages. Give me a you message. Bingo. Another you message. <laughs> and what about you? Look, look. And what about you? You got my body, my head, you got everything then. Because it was the way it was communicated. You messages put people on the defense. On the defense. It's I messages. I, I have the example here about husband and wife. You're telling, telling your husband, um, you are so 
inconsiderate. You never take me out. And what is he going to do? You won't go out that night, will you? <laughs> you have to say, you know what? I feel very bad. It makes me feel bad. I feel bad when you don't take me out. I feel like you love me when you give me that special attention. You never, that one will not work. Take that you out. Take that you out. And, it's, and it goes to I. It goes to I. I need someone to, ladies, do you have your Bibles? You have your Bibles, right? You know what? I, I knew someone was going to say that. I am still back wherever. My children want me. You don't even want to see my phone. I love this. I have, I don't know how many of these. I have so many Bibles. But it doesn't matter if it's your phone or if it's um, the hard copy. I love the hard copy. Love it, love it, love it. We're going to look at James 1, 19, ooh, move my screen, 19 and 20, and then Psalms 1, 5. In the meantime, I just saw a finger up. Where was it? Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. You ready for the scripture, James 1? They're on the screen. They're on the screen and they're on your handout. Who who has James? Just read it very loud. Before we leave this portion, it is what we started out with on the board. Was it not? Not S-O-S, but S-S-S. Got it? Oh, she looked up. S-S-S? What was it? <laughs> Ladies, just turn back to page one. Turn back to page one. Turn back to page one. I hear shush, shush, shush. Turn back to page one. Okay, listen. We're going back to page one, and we're going to say the very first, all together, not S-O-S, but it's S-S-S. We're going to look at the first one. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Now, the next one. You won't even have to look it up because it's on page two. Well, but, but we're going to say it together. Proverbs 1.5. Do we see it? Life man will hear and the increase in learning. Amen. You will hear and increase in learning. Our activities, how many of you are going to the 1050 or the 1045 meeting? Say, oh, okay, okay. You're going to have to do a lot of reading on your own. But we're going to hit some high points here because our time is drawing, drawing up some. But we were going to do the activity together there on 18, but I'm going to tell you what we would have done. So you can write this down on your handouts now, okay? On page 3, number at the bottom of page 3, that group activity, 
and it was Proverbs chapter 15 through 18. That's where I just got you confused. I'm sorry. Write down chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Chapter 16, verse 27. Chapter 17, verse 28. And chapter 18, 21. Mm-hmm. Yes, 18, 21. I should have written that on the board. But those are scriptures that we will, I were going to tell you as a short because we couldn't do all of those chapters. Those were the verses that we were going to point out. And chapter 15 is going to speak about gentleness in your speech. Okay? And chapter 16 is going to talk about gossip. Gossip. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I know we're just telling you what happened. We're just telling we're just telling you what happened. 15, 1 through 2, and 16, chapter 16, verse 27, chapter 17, verse 28 and chapter 18, verse 21. Gentleness. Yes, gentleness. And 16 was going to be about gossip and loose lips. Chapter 17 was going to be a word that we can say in here, there are no small children. The word that we don't like to say, but we're going to say to us. I have literally had to tell someone. They were spilling it, and it was too fast, and they didn't get, you know. And it wasn't even be quiet. Because they were busy gossiping. It hurts people. It hurts people. And no, that's not a kind phrase to say. It's not. And that be quiet, sometimes they think you're just joking. You know, we say, oh, be quiet. No, no, not. But that's what I wrote. And I was hoping you guys would get that from that. And chapter 18, there is death and life in the power of the tongue. Let us not forget that. Now, we're going to move on to conflict. We're going to talk very quickly about conflict. Those turtles, turtle people, show me your turtles. Those heart people, I tell you, they just didn't give us enough time lately because we're back to the board. We never have enough time. And they say time what flies when you're having fun. BLT, what's a BLT? I absolutely love it. But that's what we're going to talk about with conflict. We're going to talk about BLT. B. I bet somebody can already figure this out. Anybody figure it out? 
Huh? Is L what? What's T? When we communicate in conflict, we are either boxing. Some of us like to box when we get in conflict. Oof. Huh? I'm sorry, it was standing up earlier. I don't know why it won't. There it is. Some of us do what's in the middle. And the middle of something is usually something what is something that keeps things together. Am I right or wrong? Something that's in the middle. And a T is a turtle. Okay, we box by doing things like what? It's, it's on the screen. Oh, there it is. Somebody said it. I heard it. I couldn't see it. No, no. Clashing. Clashing with our communication. The conflict can, 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 can absolutely always happen. It's just bound to happen somewhere. And it can be with the best of friends. Have you and your best friend have a conflict? Yeah. We hope that God would pray for us that our husbands would be truly our best friend. And we box with them all the time, don't we? But God doesn't want us to box with them. But when clashes in, in conflict, we can either box, and I'm going to go down to which screen that says, don't judge the other person too harshly. You see that one right there? The other side, B, what does it say? Don't judge the other person too quickly or too harshly. God wants us to be gentle. He wants us to be loving and accomplished. And do you say, am I the one that's supposed to always give in? Someone says no. Are you the one that's supposed to always give in? No. Amen, sister. Amen, sister. What did you say in the back? Why not? What did Jesus do whenever he had conflict? He never what? Said Okay, do we not know the scriptures? Oh, we know the scriptures, but you're not agreeing with me? Or, or are you confused? It sure is not. Silence, silence is golden. Silence can also be a form of elegance. It most certainly can. When we're talking about it now, I'm talking about the part when there was a conflict. Jesus did not get in a verbal debate. He did not. Amen. Silence can be a sermon. It sure was. Thank you for bringing that one out. Not for the turtle people. For the turtle people, and especially those ones I loved it, that said that they chose I'm so sorry, our screen, and this looks different. Oh, there, these are our turtle people. Turtles, where are you? 
I love the total whenever I was looking at this. I said, but like I said, it came to my mind, BLT. Box, love, or be a turtle. A tur look, look at those turtles. Aren't they going along just beautifully? Actually has a smile on their face. When a turtle runs into conflict, what do they do? They stick their head in and they bring their knees up to their chest. And how many of us have seen a turtle absolutely wobble over and fall over roll on their back? They hide in conflict. We're not to be a turtle. We're not to do that. These are things, it says, admit that there is a conflict. You don't have to hide. There is a conflict. So we need to address the conflict. Don't, and by goodness, as they say, don't roll over and never come back out. Scripture tells us if we have ought with our brother, what should we do? Go to him or her. And that means what? One-on-one, -on -one, we don't want to do gossip, have spread it to all of our friends and ask their opinion. Scripture has told us how to deal with conflict. It says to do what? To go to our brothers. In love. In love. And we try to settle it with them. But before we go to them, what should we do? Pray. And should we, and how should we pray? I tell you what, don't pray telling God to change that person because you may have been the problem yourself. Father, Beverly and I have a problem, and you know about it. I don't know if I was wrong or if she was wrong, or I really feel like she was the one that was wrong. But, Father, show me myself in this situation, soften her heart, so that she can receive me and heal both of us through this. We ask God to purge us each day. Ask him to purge us each day of self. That goes back to that devotion, and we're going to have that devotion on the screen in a few minutes. Don't show your hands, ladies. Don't show your hands. And this is not um, to condemn anyone. How many of us spent our time with Christ this morning? I'm closing my eyes. Don't raise your hands anyway. How many of us spent our time with our Heavenly Father this morning before we came? We are at a spiritual camp meeting, a spiritual retreat. That does not mean that you, at this point, say, well, I can forego my own time. Because each one of us are precious. Each one of us is special. Just like we want to speak to our husbands and our children. Many of us probably text or spoke to our children today or our husbands. That one-on-one -on -one time. We have to have it because you're unique. You are unique, and he wants to speak to you concerning you. We cannot omit that, not at all. So if by chance you have not been able to do your personal worship, please, ladies, do your personal worship while you are here at camp meeting, while you're at any retreat. Your personal worship is still very, very important because that sets the tone for you for the day. It helps you to deal with conflict that's going to come. It's going to sure to arise. And I have to catch myself sometimes. That road rage, mm, Christian ladies have it too. Did you see that dummy? <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody must say that, just like I do. Yeah, but these are things that we cannot omit at all. Sister, Sister White has 
um, something that she would like to say on this. And this is one of those times that we're going to communicate together. And we're going to read it together. Let's not run over it, but let's read it together. Perfection. God brings us into positions which are the most trying to reveal what's in our hearts to further the Christian you see that part revealing our hearts remember that problem that Beverly and I had and I thought it was all Beverly whenever I'm sitting there not sitting there when I'm on my knees and I'm asking God because I have to go confront her about this and whenever we ask God to let self die within ourselves remember Lord I don't know what happened I really think Beverly was wrong I really do but Lord you know what maybe I was wrong or Lord was Beverly really wrong I thought she was purge me ain't it something about being in the presence of God it will soften your heart it's that it's that middle piece again it's that love time we box one of us box one of us uh, turned into the turtle but God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, those three things, the three in one is one in the middle that's keeping everything together. That's that Holy Spirit. It's sure to come. And it says that he would place us in what kind of straight did it say? Here it is. Trying. Yeah. Because he's purifying us. He's taking that stuff out of us. Again, we're being effective communicators. We have to be effective with God first. And that means first things first. That's Matthew 6, 33, is it not? Seek ye first. I hear some whispers. And there's our confrontation of what we just talked about. We did, we're did. we not going to go through all of these. After we have our prayer, uh, we're going to ask for that wisdom. We're going to, whenever I go to Beverly, I'm going to say, Beverly, you know, we are, I love our relationship. I love how you this. I love how you that. And then I'm going to choose my words very carefully about what it is that I want to speak to her. And we're going to use I messages. I felt this way. How did you feel? I love you. Your friendship is valuable to me. And women, whenever we have conflict, the other women are looking, the church is looking, the men are looking. We have an awesome responsibility. As we said, we are natural nurturers, and we need to nurture one another. And within the church, conflict within the women, it, it does not nurture the whole body because we are truly the ones that feed the church. We really are. Now we're going to move into an area that is um, very delicate. And... Hmm. We have to touch this, and what we don't do in here, ladies, please, please do on your own. Um, crises, bear ye one another's burdens. I have a movie that many people probably have seen, and, and, and yes, look, 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 and we're going to open them. And remember those pictures of silver, they're still over there, and there's still some chocolate there. There's a movie, Forrest Gump. Oh, what, what am I going to say? 
and you never know what you're going to get. How many of us have found that to be true? And I tell you, when I just said it, because my heart is really in what I'm getting ready to say now, I'm almost welling up with tears. And we're going to open this box of chocolates, and they're going to be over there on our table. We'll put it back on our uh, setting of silver as well. Um, a disclaimer, what we're going to talk about now is very delicate. So for anyone in the room that may be experiencing a tough time right now, going through one of those chocolates over there in that box, just don't know what we're going to get. So we want to be mindful of what we say in here during this time. We're going to talk about death, and we're going to talk about divorce, and we are not exempt from it. We have people that are sitting with us today that are currently dealing with that, and some of it is very, very fresh. And when we go through this portion here, we want to be mindful of that. When I say in here this morning, I literally mean there are women in here that's dealing with divorce, and there's women in here that's dealing with death that's extremely close. So let us learn from this portion, okay? Um, a crisis is a turn of events, expected or unexpected, that threatens our happiness, our security, and our peace of mind. Sometimes our health suffers during a crisis. Everyone at one time or another will face a crisis. Care and skill in communicating with persons in crises are important. We're going to read another, um, I thought we was, I don't see it. Oh, here it is. Things not to say to the bereaved. We will read this together. A soul. Souls ready to faint are strengthened. Read that again, read it often. Read it again, read it often. Every time we come into um, the presence of someone that's lost a loved one, I would ask you to read that. We have it here, Our High Calling, page 175. We have death and dying happening every single day. When we return to Montgomery, we have a funeral the next day of a very dear sister. So as we go over this right now, take note of these things. These are things that we are going to use as women. We are setting the tone. Let's take a look at the things not to say. The, f the first one, it says what? Don't try to cheer up a person prematurely. Avoid remarks like what? I heard someone say, gee whiz, correct, gee whiz. Do not, do not. Now you heard my voice and you see my body language. Do not. I've heard them. I'm, I'm, I'm 
And guess what? I've said some of these things prematurely sometime in my life. I have found that silence, what did you say, is a sermon. Silence is elegance. Sometimes there is nothing that anyone can say. And ladies, hold your wig, hold your, your panties, anything that can fly off. <laughs> Sometimes God can meet you. I hope you understand. Sometimes God cannot say anything. Do we? I'm sorry. And you understand what I'm saying when I say that. And sister, you're sorry for whatever is touching your heart. Now, we love you, and I hope you feel our love, and God loves you. See, as I said, we have individuals within the room that's doing that. It's pain. It's pricey. The second one underneath, by goodness, don't do this. And, and I see fingers, and we have like three minutes left, and we have a lot of ground to cover. Okay, questions uh, and, and what? And prying about what? <laughs> yeah, keep reading. Uh-huh. Well, what happened to your husband, Bill? Do you have insurance? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. 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 Read all of them. Read every last one of them. I'm going to have to skip. We're going now like Grant went through Richmond. It is fast. I am sorry, ladies, but there's a few more I want to point out here. Don't struggle to find words. It is okay to do what? And say what? Keep reading. And sign language that I don't even know. No, I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, then I can slow down just to check. Okay. Ladies, are y'all okay? They said 10.30. The two bosses said 10.30. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Where did I get 10.15 from? That, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Is that okay? Good, good. Okay. A pat or a hug, and I don't even know proper sign language, but did you, understood, did you understand what I just said? I don't like to see it. Whenever the family is there and we're going through just to at least just give a pat, shake of a hand, stand there and hold a whole conversation. The line is just all back up. And the family wants to appreciate you. They want to say thank you. They don't need all of that conversation. A pat, a hug. I don't even want to get close, but if we make that eye contact. And I have to let a sigh of relief down when I do that. This is extremely important. Yes.
Sharing will come in their time. Sharing will come in their time. There's one who heals. This is another slide that I think we need to read. Let's go. Christ was very helpful. And you know what? You can let your tears flow. You can, because that lets the person know that you're sharing that with them. All of us look like we might be, some of us look like we might be heading those years where we might be losing our parents. And to lose a mother, I mean, I still have my mother. I have seen many people lose their mother, and we are women. It's okay for your tears to flow. It lets the person know you care. It beats letting the wrong thing come out of your mouth. It, it just does. So let us practice at these early hours, these early days, these early months to do more listening and less talking. More listening and less talking. Before we get to the divorce, I want to ask you a question, or I want to share with you. I thought I had it here on the screen. I don't seem to see it. What's the time frame for the grieving process? Anyone know? Who? There isn't? There's no time frame? Well, I was listening. Um, is it Mike? Am I saying his name right? Mike and Gail? Yep. I watched him a few, few months ago. And he was talking about it. And we know that Gail is gone. They were psychologically, whenever we look at it, do you know it can take five years? Five years for a person to probably feel like they're able to get back into things. You know, it can take that long up to that time. Some people can swing that, you know, pretty fast or, and I don't know what you call fast, but one thing was for sure that he made mention that if a person is just as distraught five years out, we probably need to seek some medical attention. It doesn't mean that you forget your loss by gosh. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. Next year, if you see a sister who had just lost her husband a year ago, and she's very, you know, still very much upset, and she's hurt by it, and she may have not been able to come to terms with that reality, she's not stuck, and she's where she, she's where she's supposed to be. Five years from then, if she still can't come out the house, and she can't do whatever, we need to look after our sisters. But the point of the matter is, Speeding people through grief. That's what I want to bring out. Speeding people through grief is not what we want to do. Not at all. 
and it's been said, as the study says, at least, you know, uh, after a five-year term, it should be, we should definitely have seen signs of improvement. A reality has taken place, and they are adjusting, maybe not adjusted, but they are adjusting, and they're able to live productively. You know, they're living, you know, happier. And yes, there is happiness that can comes with them after death, but that's a mark. And you might say, that's a long time. So if you think that's a long time, that's right. Because we still want to mind how we communicate with those. Now for the ones that have gone through a divorce or going through a divorce, let us read this. Are you with me? piece I want to point out here, they are to improve every opportunity for helping fellow fellow beings that's in distress. Somebody's taking a picture of that, and I'm going to move to a slide so you can see if you see. it's on your paper as well. Let's look at the first two for people with divorce on page seven. And that's enough. You can truly say that. I, you know, I'm sorry it turned out this way. And what else can we say? And I, I like the one at the bottom. Here's a Bible verse I think will give you comfort. What I think you can do is actually write that verse out for them. Write it out for them. Just seeing it, sometimes someone won't turn to it, or sometimes they're so hurt that they may want to turn to it, but they just don't have the strength to turn to it. Write it out. It takes nothing for us to do that. And another thing, th there, are some, there are some scenarios down here and it talks about, especially many times the women find themselves gifted with the children. Some of them may have not worked outside of the home and they find themselves at a deficit financially. What is it that we can do? Believe it or not, ladies, we know what inflation is. We do know that. But can I tell you five, 10, $20 to someone who has no dollars? It means a lot. It means a lot to someone who's just lost everything. You may be living on a fixed income and a fixed budget, but she has lost all of her budget. Hand-me-downs may do nothing wrong, but how about taking me out and shop? Taking one of the kids, take on one of the kids. Privately, it says don't let your what hand? Please do not toot your horn. And, and you know what? You saw my body language again in my face, didn't you? Do not toot your horn. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you do it in secret, don't tell your sisters. 
and I'm in your sister, your sister in Christ, you just do it. Mail something. All of us have a sense of pride and self-esteem. The woman has been stricken enough. And it also goes on to say, don't take sides. Don't take sides. Whether he was wrong, she was wrong. Prayer changes things. But the ability to, I see your hand. It changes things. Pray for them. We can pray for marriages and for the individuals that's been in marriages that have separated. God has brought people back together. But again, it's talking about being gentle in our um, communications. I saw a hand. It has to be very quick because we have five minutes. Mm-hmm. You may. Okay. Um, next, we have communications with males. Very, very quickly, what do men want? F-A-C-T-S. Facts. The pastor many times, and ladies, this is in the pastor's defense. They don't want to hear all of that. We done come told them what color the lady's going to wear, who's going to sing, and uh, 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 what's the menu going to be. They don't want all of that. They want facts. They want facts. They are what? Uh, number three, what did it say? <laughs> That's it. Just tell them what it is. Men and women have different approaches to problems. Men don't need all of that. They don't need all of that. Oh, she said they don't want it. Thank you. They don't want it. Huh? Who's speaking? Where is she? What did you see me? Who's speaking? <laughs> did y'all see me play all of that? Yeah. That's all. Inappropriate speech. Let's go. Let's see what Sister White has to say. The bounds of discernment. Just give me one thing that would be inappropriate with the male. Oh, you said to ask a man how he's feeling? Well, that's not quite what we're talking about. We're talking about bounds of decorum here. Say it again. That means that full body contact. Who? What? Yes, yes. Okay, I just didn't. Uh, that was that communication. We're talking about decorum. Inappropriate speech. What could be inappropriate to say to a man? Oh, I hope you don't. 
What would be inappropriate speech to a man that's not your husband? Oh, you think that's inappropriate, ladies? It could be. Mm-hmm. Okay, the way you just said that, yes. Mm-hmm. Based on just what she said, I like, with every one of those words, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the whole thing to that, ladies, is mind what we say, how we say it, when and where, and th th that was the piece in the who. In the who. Ooh. Wow. Oh, my. <laughs> Communicating with God. We hit this one, did we not? We, we hit this one. Early in the morning, will I rise? If you don't have communication with God, you're not going to have good communication with anyone else. It is a daily challenge, but when you do it, you will get that daily wisdom, that personal strength, and then it allows you to minister to someone else because he ministers to you. What's poured in can be poured out, and when you're poured out, poured out, he will fill you again to continue to minister. It builds our relationship with him. Oh, bingo. Back to that personal devotion again. Matthew 6.33. How many of you have set times in your home for family worship? I want everyone to be able to raise their hand and stick with that. And I will tell you um, a little thing that's a little funny, and it's true. The worship time at my home is 7 p.m., Everybody in the house comes to worship. My son is 24 years old now. I'll be 25 next month. He comes to worship. My husband is there. And Pepper Ann comes to worship. Pepper Ann is our dog. <laughs> Pepper Ann comes right in the chair with my son and sits right there and puts her head down. She knows when it's time to worship. And I always say, Pepper, do you have anything to say? And <laughs> she'll sit there. Establish your worship time. Regardless of who's in my home at 7 p.m., we go to our room. We have a little chest there with all the devotional books in the world that you can have in there, and we pull them out. If we start alone, we start alone. It is at 7 p.m. in our home. Set that time up in your home. Let everything in the house come to worship. You might can't bring the fish, but the dogs and the cats can come. Let's read this together. No man, high or low, can steadily maintain before his fellow man a pure social life unless it is like it's hid in Christ. Communicating the love of Jesus with our what? Ladies, are, are, are you packing up? Are you still with me? Friendship. And in conclusion, 
we have a sincere study of God's word as well as contemporary materials on the subject will help us to become what? Effective communicators and leaders. And then we will say our last scripture that's written on, yes. I have been blessed again to be before you ladies today. And there's a song and a poem that says, I'd rather see a sermon. You can read it on your own, but it is true. What we say, we'd rather see a sermon any day than hear one preach. Be blessed.